0: Getting out of the rat race is simple, but not necessarily easy. To escape, all you need is monthly income from non-job sources that exceeds your monthly expenses. Simple, but not always easy. I'm Nick Loper, and you're listening to the Side Hustle Show, where we give you the actionable strategies to build extra income streams and improve your financial health. In this episode, I'm breaking down the three most common rat race escape routes, including at the end, the one that got me out, the pros and cons of each, and how to choose the right path for you. This was originally recorded for YouTube, which is why you'll hear some occasional sound effects and also why the pacing is super tight. We edited out all the usual pauses for the video and just use that audio here. So if you prefer the video version, you can find it embedded at SideHustleNation.com slash rat dash race, along with a full text summary. Ready? Let's do it. Remember your freedom equation is to have non-job income that exceeds your monthly expenses. The three most common ways to generate that are traditional investments, real estate, and entrepreneurship. These are in contrast to and maybe more realistic than the path that some people bank on like an unexpected inheritance, a lonely Nigerian prince, or winning the lottery. Step one in escaping the rat race is to figure out your actual monthly expenses. How much does your lifestyle cost? This isn't going to be a lecture on extreme frugality, but at the very least, spending with intention has to be part of your rat race escape math. I mean, why set the bar unnecessarily high? If you've never calculated out how much you actually spend on a monthly basis, it's worth taking a minute to figure it out. Do you spend $3,000 a month? Do you spend $10,000 a month? How much does your lifestyle cost? This is the income that you need to generate. That's your rat race freedom number. So how do real people achieve it? Number one is to save your way out with traditional investments. This is the most most commonly prescribed path to escape the rat race. This would include investments like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. And how traditional investing works to escape the rat race is this is how, quote, retirement has worked for generations. Build up a big enough nest egg during your working years and then slowly draw down on those savings after you stop working. The problem is you probably don't wanna have to wait decades until you've saved enough. The FIRE movement or the Financial Independence Retire Early movement has an alternative for you. And it argues that retirement isn't an aid but rather a number. According to the off cited Trinity study, once you accumulate 25 times your annual expenses, you're free. You spend 40 grand a year. You could theoretically leave the rat race behind once you've got a million dollars in the bank or rather a million dollars in traditional investments and just live off dividends and share price appreciation for decades. If you spend 100 grand a year, you're going to need two and a half million. Traditional investing comes with several advantages. First off, these uh, so-called paper assets are accessible to just about everyone. Stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, they're also highly liquid, meaning you can buy and sell them quickly. And over the long run, they've historically performed very well. Like benchmarking seven to 9% annualized returns wouldn't be unrealistic. The big drawback here is trying to get out of the rat race with traditional investing either takes a lot of time or a lot of money. Despite enthusiasm from the FIRE community, the truth is unless you have a wide margin in your personal finances, that being the gap between what you spend and and what you earn, there's really no shortcut to building up that nest egg. Plus, should any unexpected expenses pop up during retirement, your assumptions about uh, withdrawal rates might be thrown out the window in a hurry. Now, who is traditional investing best for? I think this is the best path to escape the rat race for high earners who live a relatively inexpensive lifestyle. If you and your significant other, for example, bring in 300 grand a year, but only spend 50, this is a great option. And ignoring taxes for a second, you can see how it would only take five years of quote profiting 250 grand a year as a household to accumulate the 1.25 million you'd need to support that lifestyle in retirement if your day job is tolerable if the work is tolerable those five years are going to fly by and that assumes you're starting with zero dollars in savings today on the other hand if you make 50 grand a year but you spend 49 traditional investing is never going to get you out of the rat race there's simply not enough margin there which brings us to option number two which is to beat the rat race with real estate and for the sake of uh Simplicity in this video, I'm gonna focus on rental property investing. Real estate comes in a lot of different flavors, a lot of different strategies, many of which we've covered on uh, the Side Hustle Nation blog and podcast in the past. But how real estate works to escape the rat race is appealing because it's easy to understand. It's an easy to understand business model. Buy a house, rent it out, and pocket the difference between that rent and your monthly expenses. Then lather, rinse, and repeat until you've got enough monthly cash flow to quit your job. For folks like Dustin Heiner, that was around 26 properties. And fifteen grand a month in reliable cash flow. He retired at age thirty-seven and supports his family off the income from his rental property empire. Invest with that monthly cash flow in mind and use it to start slowly chipping away at your own living expenses. Rental property investing can accelerate your climb to financial independence in several important ways. First, you can take advantage of leverage, that is, borrowing money. In contrast to traditional stock market investing, like we talked about a moment ago, where twenty grand buys you twenty grand worth of stocks, that same twenty thousand dollars in real estate. It could be used as a down payment to buy $100,000 or more worth of property. Then you can pay down that loan balance uh with the rental income that you receive over the next 30 years. It's other people's money, right? The next big advantage of real estate is appreciation. As you know, houses tend to cost more today than they did a generation ago. By owning those properties, you can capture this appreciation when you go to sell or you can borrow against the equity in those houses to fund future acquisitions and keep that snowball rolling. Third, being a landlord comes with several tax benefits, including the ability to write off your mortgage interest and even take depreciation on the buildings you own. And finally, real estate can be a very passive income stream once you have your tenants and other relevant team members in place. There's an upfront time investment, but no trading hours for dollars down the road. So what disadvantages should you be aware of here? First, home prices uh, don't fluctuate as wildly as the stock market does, but investing in physical assets takes more legwork and also means your cash isn't as liquid, meaning you can't exactly just you know push a button on your phone to sell a house when you need cash. And although there are some creative ways to buy houses uh, for no money down, it sounds like a late night infomercial. Real estate is usually a takes money to make money option. As a landlord, you're also going to face vacancies. If uh, the house is sitting empty with no tenant there, that erases any positive cash flow you were banking on that month. You're going to see repairs and maintenance costs like roofs, uh, windows, toilets, water heaters. Nothing lasts forever, and it all costs money. Uh, the other thing you'll see pop up as unexpected expenses. Our friends had to redo their foundation to the tune of $90,000. You're welcome on that one, Chase. Tenant issues are another thing that pops up. Why some humans think it's acceptable behavior to trash other humans' houses is beyond me, but it happens. And on top of that, your local real estate market where you live might not be a great place to invest. So you'll be dealing with all of this remotely or through a third-party property management service. The people I see having the best success with real estate are those who uh, take a long Term view and who are committed to operating multiple properties, especially if you can buy multiple properties in one location. There are some economies of scale that make life easier uh, than having only one house or having houses in different cities all across the country. As your empire grows, you're going to be better able to absorb a, a vacancy here or an unexpected expense there. You know, for one or two of your properties in any given month. One alternative to present here is a service like Fundrise, where you can begin adding real estate to your portfolio. I'm an affiliate of. A And investor in Fundrise and have been for several years, their model appealed to me as a way to benefit from real estate in a way that's diversified and totally hands-off. To learn more, you can find the direct link in the description below this video. But just like traditional investing, real estate can and does work to escape the rat race if you have the patience, the capital, and the fortitude to stay the course. Still, there's another rat race escape path you need to know about, and that is number three: escape the rat race with entrepreneurship. This is how you can get your way out by building your own business. If you take a look at the Forbes 400 list of the richest people in America, one thing should stand out. Most built their wealth through entrepreneurship. And even if you have no aspirations to build the next Amazon, the next Facebook, I, I certainly don't either. But building a business is a realistic way to break out of the nine to five grind. That's how I was able to walk away from corporate America years before starting Side Hustle Nation. Entrepreneurship has helped hundreds, maybe thousands now of friends, Side Hustle Nation readers, Side Hustle Show listeners do the same. We tend to overcomplicate entrepreneurship, but I'll try and break it down here. A business is simply a system that solves a problem in exchange for money. It's a problem solving machine and the good news is we are all natural born problem solvers that's what we do all day every day that means to come up with a business idea you need to come up with a problem think of what frustrates you what are the headaches or challenges that you've overcome in your own life what do other people complain to you about because on the other side of those problems there might be a business idea the solution is usually going to take one of three forms number one is a service that makes that problem go away For example, if you got a dirty house, you can hire a house cleaning service. Um, Number two is a product that makes that problem go away. If you got a dirty house, well, you can buy cleaning products. And number three is content that makes that problem go away. This is the audience building a business model. If you've got a dirty house, well, you can go watch YouTube videos about how to organize and optimize your space. And when the money from your solution starts to exceed your living expenses, that's when you can say goodbye to the rat race. I break down these three business models in detail with lots of examples in my book, The Side Hustle, How to Turn Your Spare Time into $1,000 a month or more. It's free on Kindle, check it out. I'll link it up below. You'll also find tons of side hustle ideas and examples throughout this channel and on Side Hustle when you're hiring it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire but what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates well now you can with our sponsor indeed it's simple if you need to hire you need indeed the matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty So what's so great about entrepreneurship? Building a business is unique of these three paths in that your primary investment here is uh, sweat equity. These days you can get an enterprise off the ground for a very low startup cost. I mean, just about everything that I've started over the last 10 or 15 years costs less than 500 bucks to uh, to invest in, in startup costs. On top of that, starting a business is a way to work on something that you care about. Bringing an idea into the world is exciting and rewarding in a way that collecting stock, dividends, Payments... Just isn't. And in contrast to the stock market or the real estate market, you have considerably more control over the success and failure of a business that you own, and the speed at which that can happen. Plus, if you intentionally build something with scale, you'll find entrepreneurship to be really time leveraged. By that I mean your earning power, your effective hourly rate improves as your business grows. With job security a thing of the past and a shift that we're seeing towards a freelance workforce, it's hard for me to see the downsides in learning an entrepreneurial skill set. But still, the fact. Fact remains that half of all small businesses fail in the first five years. For that reason, it's important to start small, to minimize your expenses, and to grow at a pace you're comfortable with. And if and when that failure does happen to you, it's time to dust yourself off and start again. Building a business uh, can be labor-intensive, and many entrepreneurs will find themselves in the trap of working in the business rather than on it. They feel like they've built themselves a job, only one with A really demanding boss that's even harder to walk away from. I believe entrepreneurship is the most realistic rat race escape path for most people, but especially for those who don't have the uh, quote golden handcuffs of a great paying job, who aren't afraid of failure, and who maybe are a little impatient. Entrepreneurship appealed to me because I couldn't really fathom the reality of working at a corporate job for the next 30 years. There had to be a better way, and there was, and there is for you too. I want to share a few potential suggestions on what to listen to next based on these three paths. For the traditional investing path, if you go way back in the archives, you'll find episode 105 with Jeremy Jacobson from GoCurryCracker.com, who retired in his late 30s, thanks to a high level of personal profitability.
1: We were roughly saving 70-ish percent of of income for quite a while. And then uh, I probably worked three years too long and was saving nearly 100% of income at that point. You're just living off the dividends and interest. If you're saving that percentage of income, it really only takes about 10-ish years in order to uh, to build up enough net worth to fund your lifestyle forever.
0: What, what kept you working those extra three years? Was it just the, the like, can, can we really do this?
1: The, there's a little bit of that. You know, I'd, maybe I'd call it fear. Nobody does this. Uh-huh. <laughs> can, can, can we, re- yeah. Like, I've read stuff, but... Thinking you can do it and actually doing it are two very different things.
0: Next, if the idea of accumulating a portfolio of cash flowing real estate appeals to you, check out episode 387 with Dustin Heiner. This is a super inspiring episode. And one of my favorite clips is where Dustin talks about getting laid off from his government job and the identity shift that happened after that.
1: I was working for the county government. And then I'm working from Monday to Friday, just one week back after my, my fourth child was born, on Friday at 3.30 in the afternoon, I get a call from my boss's 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 secretary, like the top dog, his secretary came, gave me a call and said, hey, Dustin, the boss needs to see you See you come to the office. I said, okay, and I hung up the phone, and I sat there for a second, like, what is, why are they calling me? And then as I'm sitting there, I start to think, what could be calling about? And oh my goodness, Back before I left, I heard some rumors or some rumbling throughout the entire office about possible layoffs because there wasn't much money. And this was like 2009, you know, right after the crash. It eventually, trickled down to the government. I'm me working for the government. I'm like, I should be fine. I have plenty of seniority. I'm doing really well. they have always gotten raises. And so I get up and I start walking down the hallway to the boss's office. It feels like it's a mile long because I'm just thinking, what am I going to do if I get laid off? And as I'm walking, My feet feel like lead bricks. Like I just, it's hard to take that next step. And each time my heart started pumping a little more because I started realizing, my goodness, I have four kids. How am I gonna feed them? How am I gonna put a roof over my head? And I get to where my boss's office is. His door is closed. I turn the corner and I see the secretary. Sheepishly, she looks at me and kind of grins and says, Dustin, would you please have a seat? She knows exactly what's gonna happen, what is happening. I don't. And she's trying to console me just by, you know, her eyes and her smile. She can't tell me. So I sit down. And as I'm sitting there, I'm feeling, so, I get a pit in my stomach thinking, oh my goodness, this is probably it. And I started realizing or thinking, am I a failure as a husband? Am I a failure as a father? Even as a man, am I a failure? And as I think more and more, it's like literally like 30 seconds or a minute. of just sitting there. I start to sweat on my forehead. My hands get all clammy and then opens the door to my boss's office. And out walks a lady with a piece of paper. She's noticeably distraught, almost crying, but she's not really, not saying anything, holding this piece of paper and walking out. And then my boss says, Dustin, would you please come into my office? And so I get up and go in and lo and behold, I get laid off. And who gets laid off from the government? Well, I did. I absolutely get laid off from the government. And so I take that piece of paper, I go back to my office and I realize two things. Well, number one, I realized that I need to provide for my family. And everything that I need to do from this point forward is to be able to provide for my family, my four kids, my wife. And so I was blessed within, maybe like a week later, I was able to find another job in the county because I had a good reputations. So I got that, that was the number, that my job was to find a job and I did that, which is the first goal. The second thing was I needed to never, ever let this happen to me again outside forces causing me to not be able to provide for my family. So what I decided to do was that point what well, as I'm literally sitting at my desk right after I got laid off, the second thing I realized, I am now an investor. Even though I had two or three properties, I was just a side hustle. I realized I am now an investor even though like 98% of my income comes from my side job. It's now my side job even though 98% of my money comes from it, my value is in what I give myself. And so what we usually say, or what I would always say, if somebody says, Hey, Dustin, what do you do? Basically, what do you put value in? I would always say I work for the county government doing IT work of the county government. No longer did I ever say that after that I said, I am an investor in real estate rental properties.
0: And of course, if the entrepreneurship path is the course for you, there are hundreds of Side Hustle Show episodes to choose from. You can pretty much scroll through and pick the ones that sound most interesting to you. They're all good. I learned so much from each and every guest. If there is a specific topic you'd like me to cover in the future, be sure to reach out and let me know. Nick at SideHustleNation.com is my direct email. I'll do my best to find somebody to tell that story and fill in those gaps. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're finding value in this content, please hit that subscribe or follow button and share the show with your friends. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen and I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.